0: Spring, my favorite season. A season of new beginnings, new hope, moderate temperatures, and no mosquitoes. At least not yet, anyway. And speaking of seasons, and I know that was a horrible segue, but bear with me here. The first two seasons of this podcast, I went west to Saskatoon and Vancouver. Last season, I stayed in Ontario. So in an effort to better represent this country, this season, I thought I'd go east. Right now, I'm on a flight to New Brunswick unlike Saskatoon and Vancouver, I've actually been to New Brunswick. Well, that's not quite true. I've driven through there en route to Halifax one summer with my wife back in 99. That was back before GPS or smartphones. It was a proper road trip with the folding maps, car loaded with bags, snacks, and CDs for when we were between local top 40 radio stations. I don't expect to remember any of it, but I'm still looking forward to visiting some of those places I just drove through all those years ago. If you're a new listener to this podcast, thank you for giving it a go. I hope you find it as inspiring as I've found it for the last three seasons. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I've got eight new Canadian businesses and eight new stories of struggle, perseverance, and triumph. Hello, everyone. I'm Al Grego, and this is the season four premiere of the Yes, We Are Open podcast. My first stop on my eastern Canada tour is Sackville New Brunswick, about a half hour southeast of Moncton and minutes from Nova Scotia. Established in 1762 and with a population of approximately 6,000 people, Sackville is a small community, but made vibrant by its most notable institution, Mount Allison University. Mount Allison is a primarily undergraduate liberal arts university which adds approximately 2,300 students to the town during the school year ballooning Sackville's population by almost 40%. Because of this, Sackville can seem more cosmopolitan than many other towns of a similar size. Sackville was originally settled on agriculture, shipbuilding, and manufacturing, but today Sackville's economy is driven by the university and tourism. The main employers in town are Full Disclosure, Moneris, Russell Metals, Sackville Memorial Hospital, and of course, the university. Overall, Sackville offers a unique blend of history, culture, and natural beauty, making it a popular destination for tourists and a great place to live for those who enjoy a small town lifestyle. Their picturesque downtown offers cozy B&Bs, dozens of diverse restaurants, boutique stores, and family businesses. Now you might think I'm here to visit one of those family businesses, but actually, I'm visiting one of Sackville's oldest institutions and the subject of this week's story, Sackville Curling Club. I enter the building and get buzzed in. Once inside, I walk down a hallway with offices and locker rooms on either side. At the end of the hallway, there's a staircase. I go up some stairs to a landing leading to the curling sheets. Then I left up a few more steps into the clubhouse. It's a warm, inviting clubhouse with wood paneled walls, tables and lots of seating. On the far end, there's a bar and a kitchen that's shared between the clubhouse and an adjoining hall. Large enough to host small events, the clubhouse would look like any other pub if it weren't for all the hanging curling banners, trophies, and of course, along an entire wall of the clubhouse are windows overlooking the three curling sheets belonging to the Sackville Curling Club.
1: Looking for Al? No. Al? Your man? Oh, That's your man? Yep. I said
2: yes. I'm Al. Nice to meet you, Alan. I'm Alan. Even spelled the same as yours. Yeah.
0: That's Alan, a longtime member and historian of the club. Alan literally wrote the book on the history of the club, making him the perfect candidate for my microphone. Alan leads me into the adjoining hall for some privacy, and we sit at a table for our interview.
2: My name is uh, Alan Smith. I am a member here at the Sackville Curling Club, have been so since uh, 1977 as an active curling member. Former president of the club back in 1982
0: 83. What year was the Sacramento Curling
2: Club founded? Well, we go back, we just celebrated our 125th anniversary two years ago, so we go back to 1895 when the first club was organized. And in that first year, there were 16 founding members, and they limited uh, entry to 32 curlers, and they curled on a, a skating rink. Oh, they, they didn't yeah. have a dedicated curling club, so they, they had to share the rink with uh, skaters and uh, hockey players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: The reason you're talking to me is because you're kind of a historian for this curling club history book on the Sackville Curling
2: Club? Yes, that's correct.
0: Uh, so could you wow. tell me back in 1895 when, when the Curling Club was first established, a little bit about Sackville. Like what was it back then?
2: Oh, it was much smaller. Uh, very, uh, I think the population back then would have been around a yeah. thousand at that time. The, the founding fathers were uh, kind of uh, the, the university and Sackville elite. Mm. Dr. James Palmer was the one that led, led the charge and he was the president of the Mount Ellison Academy here on campus. So he called together some of his buddies. And it, it, in the beginning, it was a bit of an old boys club. right? And it stayed that way for quite some time. And then uh, the following year, there was a dedicated curling club built for the club. And and then that lasted only a few years. They had problems with the, the water supply because oh. it, it was it was from a well and right. there, there was a salt content in the well. So the, the, the ice didn't freeze very well. So then they ended up uh, forming their own uh, curling ring company and building another brand new club that they own themselves rather than rent okay. uh, down on Main Street. So the one we're in now is actually the, the third curling club.
0: What would you say would be Cycle uh, Curling Club's kind of heyday, like the, era, the boom era of
2: these clubs? Yeah, uh, it would definitely be in the 1980s. Uh, through to about 1991 which was our peak in membership a huge uh mixed curling section we had mixed curling on thursday friday and saturday nights and uh, our membership at the time was just under 400. so that was certainly the the peak of membership and the peak of activity well as i mentioned earlier it started out as an old boys club and and, uh, the first entry of female curlers was briefly in 1910. And only lasts for a brief time, and uh, then it didn't reappear until this club opened in, uh, 19, uh, built in 1949, opened in 1950, and the ladies formed uh, their own curling club uh, and used the facility here, which is owned and controlled by the men, and uh, and there's been uh, women's curling ever since. But then in 1979, the uh, the female uh, section or their, their own curling club amalgamated, and so now it's, it's one overall amalgamated club. The majority of our presidents over the last uh, 20 years have been female, so hmm. it's, uh, it's certainly it's worked out on the positive side. Yeah, uh, for sure.
1: Hi, my name is Tom Truman. I'm the president of the board of directors of the Sackville Curling Club. Uh,
0: Tom, when did you become a member of the Sackville Curling Club?
1: 2012, maybe. 10 or 12 years ago. 12 years ago. And before that, uh, were
0: you a curler at all? Or is this something you said? Seem- no, uh,
1: that was my first venture into curling.
0: Wow. So you liked it so much you became the president.
1: <laughs> uh, I think I, I. when they asked for the volunteers, everybody else took a step back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What do you do now? Are you are you still working? Are you work retired? Oh, I'm I
1: I run a farm, so I work all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very
0: good. All right, what what was it about curling that drew you?
1: Uh, it was just a sport that, as a kind of an older fat guy, it was easy to get into, mm-hmm. and you know, social, and you didn't have to have a lot of skill, and not that you don't you, you needed to do well, but right. you don't necessarily need it to start. So it was a good local club, so it seemed to be something that was of interest.
0: Now, uh, you say you joined the club in 73, was it? 77. 77, Yeah. When you joined the club, was it uh, something to do, or, or were you just
2: a fan of curling? Uh, no, my wife uh, talked me into joining. There's a business ladies curling club that she involved, was involved with, and uh, she s- suggested that we should uh, join the club, and uh, the mixed curling back then was, was really big, one of the largest sections in the club. So I joined the club, and I played in the men's league as well as the... Uh, Mixed Curling League and then we had two daughters and I, we got them involved with family curling which was started one day a month and uh, then I started the Junior Curling Development Program and uh, our teams went on to win the Canadian National Junior Women's Championship in 1991. Wow. A team that from, from this club? Yes, from this club. Yeah. The junior program has been very successful, okay. and out of that junior team, the national team from 1992, actually my two daughters, uh, oh. he- Heather and Krista, have both gone on to uh, compete in the Scott Tournament of Hearts, so uh, w- won their respective provinces. They they're both are uh, national uh, mixed curling champions, oh. and uh, Heather, the-, uh, the younger one, uh, uh, won the bronze medal. In fact, she competed this year uh, as fifth player for New Brunswick. Oh, wow. And But she won the bronze medal for Nova Scotia in uh, 2011 uh, at the Scott Tournament of
0: Hearts. So they continue on with, with curling. Yeah. Uh, yes, they have. Very good. Both Alan and Tom are longtime members of the club. But I'm about to meet someone who's been there longer than either of them. As I sit in the clubhouse overlooking the ice where about a dozen members are curling, there's only one other person in the clubhouse with me watching, sitting a few chairs down from me. His name is Huey and he's, well, I'll let him introduce himself.
3: Huey Fansom Hugh as in Lewis and the News, but there's no news. Right. <laughs> and Fansom <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: was the first great elevator company in Canada.
0: Oh, really?
3: And then all of a sudden in 1904, the two sons of the great elevator king in the United States, Otis. Elijah Otis, yeah. came up and uh, interviewed our grandfather, John Fenton, and oh. said, if you uh, are able and willing to do this, I mean, you don't know that the second and third generations of the family are going to keep on doing the same thing. Right. And so they turned and said, well, let's uh, sign a deal. So it became a 1905 Fensom Elevators of Canada Slash a division of Otis. Really? And everything that they did uh, until the 50s was Otis Fenton.
0: Wow. Yeah. And now they're just Otis?
3: Yes. That's, that's and that it. was in the legal agreement that uh, both sides of uh, the partnership uh, signed. Wow. I grew up here, 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 here.
0: Huey's stories are enough to fill an entire podcast series of their own. But the long and the short of it is Huey lived in Ontario, When he was a kid, he suffered a severe concussion playing hockey.
3: I don't remember getting home, but I went home. And luckily, my father had a first cousin who was a neurosurgeon in Toronto. Hmm. Phoned him up and said, Bill, here he's just had a major hockey concussion. And Bill said to father, is he mumbling? (laughs) Yep, that's a good sign. He'll be okay then.
0: As an adult, he delivered flowers for a wholesaler in Ontario, but... After an accident that left him with a minor case of epilepsy, Huey ended up retiring early and moving back to Sackville to be closer to family. But his curling origin story goes back a little further.
3: And one day, the controller, who by name was Jim Cole, one of the best curlers here, Mm -hmm. sees me walking down the street one day and he says, David, is that your son walking down by the restaurant in town? And he says, yes. He wouldn't be much into contact sports, would he? Mm -hmm. Not at that size. (laughs) Tell him to get his butt up to the curling club on Saturday morning and learn the game of curling. He'll Mm -hmm. just live for every Saturday that he curls. Mm -hmm. No question about it. Yeah. It was great. So when did you join the club? (laughs) 1966. And curled for 45 consecutive years, 27 of them in Toronto.
0: After a fall on the ice a few years back, Huey no longer curls, but he continues to volunteer at the club and has become a fixture.
3: And from that day on, it was, uh, I don't think I'm going to curl anymore, mm. but I want to be a member. And so this club was small enough that they said, oh, we could use you as a volunteer. Great. And so they did. So that's what I'm doing. And I come in and I set up our casual nature of this league, and uh, it's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah.
0: Up next... The Sackville Curling Club has overcome many challenges over its 128 years of existence. But will the recent pandemic be the last straw for this century-old club? Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Yes, We Are Open. The Sackville Curling Club has been a fixture in the community for over 100 years, And with the popularity of the sport on the rise, a stable board and steady membership, it seemed the club was in good shape for another century. But they couldn't have possibly predicted the world would shut down indefinitely due to a pandemic. How did they fare? Let's find out. In your time there, then, as president, um, if I were to ask you, you know, if there's something that uh, threatened the business of the club to the point where you almost shut down,
1: what would that be? Well, certainly COVID, yeah, was a challenge.
2: COVID was a huge uh, blow to us, uh, right. as it was throughout the nation, of okay. course. But And uh, our membership has declined drastically. Wow. And so now we're in the stage of trying to rebuild that.
0: Uh, before uh, the lockdowns began, what was your membership roughly?
2: Was I think it was around 185. Mm-hmm. Okay, so almost 200. Yeah, and now we're struggling to get 100. Yeah, Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. Financially,
1: the club has been and remains in quite good standing. Mm. The challenge with COVID, particularly for us, was, you know, our we have a lot of gray hair in the club. Mm. And as the members get older, sometimes when you have an event like this, whether it's COVID or somebody breaks a leg or whatever, you know, gets as they get a little older, they don't always come back. Right. So our concern as a board was that we had a path forward that was... I won't say easy, but was manageable from a financial point of view through Mm -hmm. COVID. But, you know, we were certainly very concerned that when things kind of get back to normal, would there be any members left? there Or would there be enough critical mass for the club to be successful?
3: So we lost 25 to 30 members out of 150. Mm -hmm. And uh, we haven't got them back either. Yeah, it's tough getting them
1: back. eh?
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, Now, uh, I don't know what it was like at the province here. I know in Ontario, basically, there was that date, March 13th, 2020, is when kind of everything locked down. Yeah. Was that the same in in New Brunswick? Yes, it was. Uh, And I mean, what was kind of the the initial reaction to that news?
2: Well, uh, our president was very good at getting uh, emails out to the membership, and I think everybody accepted, you know, this is the right thing to do, and there wasn't any kind of backlash from it. Uh, uh, We did try to continue on uh, in the, well, because the restrictions went into the next fall and winter as well, of uh, implementing a number of of, uh, changes.
3: This club did it really very well, and that's one thing that I'm glad you brought up. Before the pandemic, we would have had the three sheets on an afternoon like today, totally full but then they turn around and say they put in a four-point rule and one is green light you can uh, just play the normal game Mm -hmm. you get the yellow light and you can't have two people sweeping Mm -hmm. because the ideal way to sweep is uh, one on either side of the rock and and I'm just your head's here and mine's here yeah and you know you've got to be six feet away. And you're breathing heavily too because yes. you're, you're sweeping. Then we got to red lighted. Yeah. And we could actually come out and throw rocks for practice, but that wasn't much fun.
0: You're on your own. You're by yourself. Yes. On the sheet.
3: Yeah. And then the next level was uh, you're closed. Yeah. So we closed for about uh, six to eight weeks mm-hmm. over the two years of the major pandemic.
2: We we made the best of it, I think, and that was because of really good direction from our uh, president and the uh, board of directors at the time. There was some innovative thinking going on. Sure, yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But
1: in terms of, for example, this
0: this hall here, we weren't
2: renting it out, right? No, no, no. that's right. You're not
0: on the board anymore, right? No don't know how close things got to maybe calling it.
2: I don't, uh, you'd have to ask the president or the or Anna, the treasurer, that question. But I don't get the impression that we came close because the club was in a pretty good financial situation okay. going into COVID. And uh, so I think we were able to weather. Uh, now, to, as we come through COVID and, and, and resume uh, full operation, right. we have to build our membership. Sure. Well,
0: what kind of steps have you done to do that? Is there any outreach that you're doing? or Are you just hoping that uh, those who were members before will remember and come back?
2: Well, there, there's certainly that. And uh, the uh, the board, of course, are the ones that would be working on strategies to do that. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't have a community newspaper anymore, mm-hmm. yeah. another COVID uh, casualty. And uh, so everything has to be done by, by you know, social media. Yeah.
1: Now, we don't have a big marketing budget or anything like mm-hmm. that. But in the in the fall, we promote on social media and around town, that looking for new members. And and we've got a pretty strong youth program mm-hmm. that fortunate to have. You know, some people in the community that are leading that that helps. That brings a lot of people who bring their parents out for Little Rocks and or yeah. bring their kids out for Little Rocks. And then the parents, you know, may join later and mm-hmm. guess they see the sport. They want to curl with the kids, and we we do the best we can. Promotion-wise, with what we have available, and people generally find us, so that's that's good.
0: Can you recall when things felt kind of normal again? I mean, I walked in here today; no one's wearing a mask. Everyone Mm -hmm. seems to be, you know. uh, Uh,
2: Really, not until this fall. This fall, we've had uh, a whole bunch of competitions and things canceled because of COVID. Sure. Because, uh, but this season has been reasonably normal. With you know. uh, bonsfield events and things being scheduled
3: but once you were back in were you happy to be back oh fabulous it's the one thing you find Mm -hmm. in the world of curling the camaraderie uh, out there Mm -hmm. you talk about nothing but the game Mm -hmm. but after you come in here and the camaraderie is just uh, fantastic Mm
1: -hmm. and how do you feel
0: being able to get back there and, and curl on a regular basis
1: well, happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's uh, certainly uh, it's a normalizing thing right now to yeah. uh, the last year since the Omicron wave faded last winter, and mm-hmm. you know, life is getting back to normal in all aspects. And you know, getting back to the curling club without restrictions and without severe protocols is, uh, certainly, uh, I think, helps people adjust. Even though we're still in the pandemic, yeah, we're starting to move beyond it. So I think that's important.
0: Coming up after the break, we find out what the future holds for Sackville Curling Club. Success in business doesn't come without moments of struggle. Moments when you had to face your challenges head on. As the proud partner of Canadian business, Moneris plays a critical role in empowering businesses with the payment processing tools they need to succeed. Together, we are building stronger businesses where business owners everywhere can stand up to their challenges without slowing down. Moneris, proud partner of Canadian business. Welcome back to Yes, We Are Open. Sackville Curling Club seems to have come out of the pandemic in relatively good shape. And that's in no small part thanks to the steady leadership of Tom Truman and his board. They have some work to do to attract new members, but it sounds like they're well on their way. So what does the future look like for Sackville Curling Club? Let's find out. What do you hope for the future of the club?
1: I think the club is, uh, like, I think curling is, as a sport it is much more visible and much more accessible than maybe it was in the past. Mm-hmm. You know, it's certainly, it's I, certainly getting
0: a higher profile in the Olympics uh, recently, in the last few Olympics.
1: Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and even just on you know general television, and you know people are more aware of it if, with our youth program that we're, we're working with, and you know the future looks good. I mean, like mm-hmm. I think, like all things, you got to keep your eye on the ball, and yeah. it's a good sport. Like mm-hmm. it, it fits well, you know, regardless of your age, and it's uh, they say with the, the Olympics are raising its profile. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So I think I think the club has got a good a good future. We've got a good group of people that are volunteers that are on the board and that run the club. We look forward to the very best.
0: Uh, you mentioned the youth uh, programs that you're running. Are they up as well? Would you say? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, how important would you say this curling club is to the town of
2: It's extremely important because it's not just a curling club, a social club, but it's a, it's a club that offers a lot of facilities for various events. The room we're recording this in now is, is a banquet room, but it's rented out for weddings. There's exercise classes going on here, the judo and, and those, those sorts of things. So, so this is a really nice rentable space. For the community to use. So the curling club has always been very much a, uh, not just a private uh, curling club, but uh, used it widely by the community.
3: There is a wonderful book out, put out by a female who was the president, uh, I think probably the first president of the Canadian Curling Association on the women's side, and there was somebody on the men's side as well, Mm -hmm. who said, if you didn't grow up in a small town, you wouldn't know curling. Right. And that's uh, the simple fact of the matter. Mm
0: Uh, all right. And just so your future with the club, what do you hope to do moving forward with the club?
1: Oh, just, you know, I mean, from my own perspective, it's just a, it's, the board as volunteers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, hopefully as my time passes there, that we leave, that I leave it. You know, not that it's me because I don't do any of the work. It's the rest of the world, But, you know, hopefully it, it thrives and, and is in better shape or as good a shape as it was when I started my term as president.
0: Mm-hmm. and in terms of your, your curling career do you hope to continue that uh, as long as you can
1: oh yeah like well, it, it'll it'll be part of my career.
0: thank you so much Tom for your time today you're quite welcome Tom is the Sackville Curling Club open
1: yes we are open
0: That's the story of Sackville Curling Club. What struck me during my visit to the club was the diversity in ages and occupations of the members on the ice that afternoon. Huey put it best at one point when he told me it was a sport where a banker and a farmer can share the same sheet of ice, young and old, even different genders. It's not necessarily a sport of speed or strength, but of strategy and skill. And sweeping. There's a whole lot of sweeping. I tried curling once. In high school gym. We spent some time at the local curling club and learned how to play the sport. It was fun. I can completely understand how someone could get hooked. And much like golf, the allure of curling has as much to do with goes on after the game than the game itself, the social part. But unlike golf, curling seems less frustrating. But that could just be me speaking from experience. So you might ask what a new business might be able to learn from an institution as old as Sackville Curling Club. Well, let's see. In its 128-year history, it has seen world wars, depressions, recessions, Y2Ks, 9-11s, and yes, even more than one pandemic, and it has survived them all. So what's the secret? Strong leadership? Great members? Saving up for a rainy day? Dumb luck? Maybe it's all of the above, or none of the above. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe all that matters is throwing the perfect draw to the button, or throwing that oh-so-satisfying triple takeout. I digress. As was previously mentioned, curling is enjoying a resurgence in interest thanks to its inclusion in the Winter Olympics in 1998 and the increased media coverage. This bodes well for Sackville Curling Club's efforts to grow their membership. Couple that with the amazing surrounding community, and you have a recipe to last at least another 100 years. Yes, We Are Open as a Moneris Podcast production. I'd like to thank Alan, Huey, and Tom for taking the time to share their story. You can learn more about Sackville Curling Club at sackvillecurlingclub.com and you can follow them on Facebook at Sackville Curling Club. For more information about this podcast, visit our site, yesweareopen.com. If you'd like to support us, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or rate us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a Canadian small business owner or know of one with an interesting story of perseverance to tell, I'd love to help tell it. You can contact me at at podcastatmoneris.com. Tune in next week for another story of small business struggle and survival on the Yes, We Are Open podcast. I'm Al Grego. Thank you for listening.